You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Robert Smith, host of the Fair Game podcast. Today's guest comes from a segment of the fair industry that we haven't really spoken with on the podcast just yet. She joins us from Hamburg, New York. Hamburg, New York, excuse me. Sorry, Jessica Underberg's going to get mad at me for mispronouncing it. <laughs> In Hamburg, New York, where she was named the ultimate fair goer at the 2018 Erie County Fair. Folks, this is Judy Wilder. Judy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm telling you, I say, for some reason, I say Hamburg all the time, and, <laughs> and Jessica Underberg is going to have my head in the stocks for mispronouncing it. Now, listen, you reached out to the show a couple weeks ago. You mentioned we hadn't spoken with any of the fair guests yet, and that's actually a really important segment uh, in our industry. Ultimately, you're one part of why we do what we do. So let's get a little background on you. You're in Hamburg, New York. You've been going to the Erie County Fair for a long time. How long has it been? It must have been in the mid-50s. I can remember when they used to play bingo at the fair. And New York State banned bingo from organizations that weren't charities, like around 57 or 58. So I can remember going and watching my mom playing bingo. So I know it had to be the mid-50s. That's a good long time you've been going to that fair, and I'm guessing you've seen a lot of changes. What are some of the changes you've seen in the fair over that time? Well, one of the things that I've noticed, like when they publish pictures, like of old pictures of the fair, it's like there's all this like empty space and empty fields, and now they've just crammed like everything they can possibly cram into the space that they have. It, it's all developed now. And it's we really do become like we do become small cities that just set up out of nowhere for for 10 or 12 days during the summer. Right. <laughs> and it, it's really interesting. Uh, my late uncle was a big fair fan. And after he died, I inherited some of his pictures and he took a lot of pictures of the fairgrounds. Unfortunately, he didn't date a lot of them, but some of mm. them are dated like the early 50s. And it just is so empty and so sparse. And he also had you know, some pictures of the fair train. Uh, he has some pictures of the fair train and it was still like a coal burning engine that you could see it wow. traveling down with the smoke. <laughs> and so there've been so many uh, changes to the, the technology and the way they've spread out. And the fair is, I don't want to say it's a business, but back when I was in high school, Nobody ever said fair management was a career. Had sure. I known that, I might have gone an entirely different direction. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's, like, it's a legitimate business. It's a legitimate career now. It is. It absolutely is. And, and I got to say, working when uh, being a member of IFE and, and getting to know some of these fair managers like uh, Jess Gunderberg, who's there in Erie, we have got some of the most incredible management um, personnel anywhere they're just they're wonderful they do great work um i, I think we're, our industry is very blessed to have folks like like jessica in the industry now you do you only attend erie county or do you attend fairs all across your region uh i keep trying to spread out farther and farther in my region uh i've gone to the canadian national exhibition in toronto for many years and i've now i'm spreading out i went to the new york state fair last year and I've gone to some smaller fairs in Southern Ontario. And the cool thing about the fall fairs in Ontario is that they're in the fall. 
here in Western New York, like everything ends on Labor Day. We right. don't have any fairs that run after Labor Day. But you can and, jump the border and you can get a few more fairs in, in experiences in before the end of the season. Right. I mean, they run in late September, early October and uh, Caledonia and Castor and Norfolk I've been to. And those were all wonderful. Uh, Norfolk is just before Canadian Thanksgiving. In fact, that's their ending day. And so you go through the, the arts and crafts building and you can see where school children have entered, like they've all done a picture of a turkey and, and they've entered that in their arts and crafts building. And that was really cool to see because you don't see it here where everything's in the summer. Yeah, because everything's done before we get to, to Halloween and Thanksgiving. So right. you don't see that a lot. That's an interesting observation. So how many fairs would you say you attend in a typical year? Oh, goodness. I'd say the, I'm up to about five. And I, I want to do more. Uh, I'm finally approaching like where I can semi-retire and take more time. And I was planning for 2020 to try to find some fairs within driving distance that would be uh, in June or early July, because here everything is clustered in August. Right. And so that was my plan. I was going to see what straight shows, what their route was. And then of course, everything ground to a halt. Yeah, it did. And we'll get to that here in just a minute. I'm curious though, uh, living in Hamburg there, you jump across the border to go to some of these fairs in Canada. What's the process for you as an American to be able to do that? Are, do you need, are you using a passport now or how is that, how is cross-border travel working up there? You either need a passport or you can get an enhanced driver's license. New York is one of the states that does that. Okay. And basically when you redo your auto license, you know, you bring in a whole lot of proof of where you live and so on. So they check you out. And it's a lot like what they were talking about that they're going to do with driver's license this coming year. So people can get on airplanes with them. Sure. Uh, and New York was doing, been doing that Oh, probably 10 years now where you bring in all that extra certification and then you can just present that at the border or you can have a passport. Got it. So, and it's pretty easy. I'm guessing you just got to allow a little extra time to get through customs and, and clear the border and then off to see any you go. Right. That makes sense. It makes sense. So listen, uh, when you reach out to me, you mentioned that you had, had, been honored at the Erie County Fair back in, I think it was 2018, named the ultimate fair goer. Is that correct? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Uh, that program, it started in 2005 and they asked people to nominate someone who's really invested in the fair. They word it that you live and breathe the fair <laughs> and they have people nominate you. And I mean, to an extent, it's, it's people sending in their information, the number of people, but it's more than just voting. They, they scrutinize like how you're uh, promoting the fair, how you, you know, advance the fair, you know, in your daily life, how you promote it to family and friends. And one of the things that I was able to do, because I don't have a big, big family and friends to promote this to, but I am a member of the uh, Chamber of Commerce. I've been in their tourism committee Oh, for about 10 years now. And one of the things we do is promote things for Hamburg, one of which is the fair. And so one of my selling points for myself was I'm on this committee. I'm out there promoting the fair to thousands of people who see the, the promotions from the, the chamber tourism committee. So, you know, I out there promoting the fair 
and now I've a couple years ago I started my own Facebook page promoting primarily the Hamburg Fair, but I'm trying to branch out and talk about more fairs and more people who are involved in all fairs. Sure. So what is, as someone who attends fairs regularly, what does the fair mean to you within your community? Uh, for, for a lot of people who live in this area, it's like the tradition of summer. When the fair comes, everyone says, oh, summer's ending because it comes at the end of August. It used to come even later in August. And so everyone just associates this is the end of summer. And it, it's like a cut, cultural touchstone for the people who have lived in Hamburg, especially those who've lived in Hamburg all their lives. You know, they know when the fair train is coming. They want to check out the fair train when it arrives with straight shows. And it, it's a part of the summer, just like you'd have a celebration for the 4th of July. Well, now it's fair time. That's a, a, a time for our community really is. It's, it's pretty cool to see straight shows. You know, I, I haven't worked with them um, as an entertainer up in the Northeast, but I have been at, at several of their stops down in, in Florida where they open their route uh, about this time of year. You know, they, they open at Osceola County in Kissimmee. And we had Jay Straits on the show earlier in the season, and they're just a terrific organization. And really one of the, I, I believe the last carnival company that's traveling by train which i just think is this real great vintage throwback and so uh, as i understand from looking at straight shows when they roll into town they got people who show up that um just want to see the train come in oh they they do and the last few years they've actually had an organized train reception you know it used to be people kind of went on their own but now they actually have an organized event they have the fair band there and you know it's mobbed there, you know, the last couple of years. I mean, it's just wall to wall people, you know, watching the train come in and um, they've had like the celebrations with it. Uh, they've given out special souvenir buttons with it. And the last couple of years, the train has come in on Wednesday, which is a day I'm working elsewhere. So I take, they graciously let me take my lunch hour to go see the train. And I get there before the train arrives and oh, the buttons are gone already. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Straits, if you're listening, this lady needs a button. Jay, you got to hook her up with the button. Come on, man. Well, you know, uh, every fair, I find, at least when I'm traveling the country and going to fairs, every fair is something special about it for each person that comes through the gates. For some people, it's the livestock. For some people, it's the food. For others, it's the carnival and the midway. What was it about the Erie County Fair that kept you coming back for so long? Oh, it's a lot of things. Uh, one of them would be the entertainment and the entertainers, because I enjoy watching the shows. I enjoy watching the ground acts. Uh, I also enjoy participating. Uh, for years, I've entered photography in the creative arts department, and it's always a challenge to see, you know, what's new to, that I can enter. I mean, I pretty much end one fair, and okay, I'm going through all the pictures I took at the fair now what's good to enter for next year. Sure. And so I always enjoy doing that. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, one of the big highlights was the animals. I always love to look at the animals. And there's one building where they have like fish tanks with fish. I can remember when I was a kid, oh, we had to go see the fish. <laughs> so I really, there's so many things I enjoy. But... That's terrific. You know, you mentioned doing photography. I'm curious because I'm a little bit of a, you know, I, I'm a, a kind of a camera guru. I like all the tech and whatnot. What what camera are you using when you're taking photos at the fair? Uh, 
I'm using a, um, I finally went digital, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And I'm using, hang on, I can actually reach it. It's, I, I, I do want to get back to like the uh, SLR, but this is yeah. like a, a, a smaller camera. It's automatic. Got it. It, it. it does have a limited zoom on it. And it's a lot easier to carry around than a big camera. So oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. We, when I'm out at fairs very often, I've got my Canon 80D with me and uh, it's a fantastic camera video quality on it's amazing, but boy, does it get heavy lugging that sucker around the yeah. fairgrounds. <laughs> it gets real heavy. Uh, yeah. Now you enter photos. You ever win anything? You ever win any of the, any awards for your photos? Uh, I have won some ribbons over the years. Oh, cool. In fact, I believe it was back in the eighties it was the hundredth anniversary of the Ferris wheel. And so they had like a special recognition of Ferris wheel pictures. And I won a special award on my Ferris wheel picture, which then they, they sent on to the New York state fair. I didn't win at the New York state fair, but this was a Ferris wheel at a local amusement park. And at that time their Ferris wheel was right next to the lake. Now they've built up around the lake. You can't get to that spot anymore. But back right. then, you could stand on the other side of the lake and see the reflection of the Ferris wheel. Oh, <laughs> I'm seeing every night. now and then I see some shots like that come across my Facebook of the midway lit up and reflecting in a, a lake or a pond or something out in front. It's just, it, I think that's really cool. I think those are fantastic shots. I'm curious, in a given year, how many times do you attend the Erie County Fair? Because they're what, they're 10 days, 12 days, something like that? Uh, it's 12 days. Uh, I used to get there about nine of them since they've announced, since they made the ultimate fair goer, I've made it a point to go every day, <laughs> you know, at least for a couple hours in the evening. Sure. Yeah. So you, you get your, uh, your season pass, I'm assuming, um, when you go for someone as dedicated as you, when you go to the fair, when, with your, you know, your approach for fair going, do you get your typically get your tickets like right away when they go on sale or are you waiting until it's a little closer to the fair? Uh, I believe it's about five years ago. I joined the Erie County Agricultural Society okay. and that gives me a pass uh, into the fair every day. Fantastic. But you know, I've, I've done this because I want to support the Agricultural Society. I could, you know, they do have passes that go on sale, but I've gone this route instead. It supports the Agricultural Society. And I was initially hoping that I could be more active and like if they did like committees and so on. And so far, the people who like join through the website, they really just get to go to the meeting and they go to the, the holiday party. But right. I have started inquiring. There must be a level between that membership and the board of directors, there has to be someone in between who's working on committees and things like that. And so I sure. started doing inquiries, you know, what can I do about that? Right. So you get to go to a lot of fairs. I mean, that, that pass gets you into, you know, the entirety of the Erie County fair, which is, you know, one of the largest, uh, in, in our nation, you know, they're a fantastic event. I'm curious for all the time they've been going, you ever go to concerts at the fair? Oh, yes, I've gone to quite a few concerts. So I'm guessing you've seen some pretty amazing concerts in that time. What's your, what, is there a favorite concert you've seen at the fair? Uh, one of the greatest concerts I've seen was a number of years ago. My mom and I went to see Jerry Reed. And he, he, he put on such a good show. 
we decided, oh, there were like two shows in the evening. We said, oh, we want to go to the second one. That particular year, the fair did a pay one price thing where you paid one big price and you everything on the grounds was included, including the uh, grandstand show. So we thought, oh, this is great. We went back in and we went to the second show. And there weren't a lot of people at the second show. It was really cold that night. <laughs> and Jerry Reed obviously appreciated the people who stuck it out for the second show. And yep. he was so appreciative. He put out such energy in his show. It was just a dynamite show, the second show that he did. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, uh, when you're going to a show like that, um, have you ever been able to do meet and greets with any of these artists? Uh, the, there haven't been too many of them. I know that uh, when Herman's Hermits played there a few years ago, Peter Noon from Herman's Hermits did a, a meet and greet and he stayed until like the whole line went through and, and got to see him and got to have, you could buy a, um, a CD if you wanted it autographed. And so I bought the CD and he asked, what's your name? And I said, Judy, and at first he looked kind of blank and then, oh, like, I know what you said. I, I get this autographed CD, it's to Zoe. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so Judy, I have an Zoe, CD. you know. <laughs> so we'll just nickname you Zoe now. We're just gonna nickname you Zoe from that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're going out to the fair, uh, you know, and you go multiple days during the run of the fair, if not all of them, do you make a plan? Are you one of these people that needs to know where things are and what time shows are and you make a plan or do you just kind of show up and see where the day takes you? I kind of plan from day to day. Uh, the schedule is online. And so like for like for tomorrow and maybe the next day, I'll kind of go through the schedule and say, okay, this is the time for sure. I want to see the pig races. This is the time for sure. Because some of the, some of the events may only be one day if it's a special event of some kind and so i kind of plan around okay this is the things i for sure want to see and then the rest of the day i just kind of fill in as the day unfolds yeah well that makes sense um i rarely have plans when i go to these things unless there's a major concert that that i want to see like you know and that's when i'm there as a guest obviously when i'm there, there as a performer i'm you know i've got a scheduled show times and whatnot that i'm up um I'm curious, speaking of performers, when you're there, we talked about concerts, uh, you mentioned the pig races, but what, what kind of performers and attractions do you like to see at the fair? Oh, goodness. Uh, I do like, especially like the musical things, especially rock oriented. And what we're talking about performers, if I could just give a shout out to one of the, the fair performers who has been at our fair, uh, Paul David, who is one man band Bandaloni. Yep. Uh, I know Paul. Yeah. Uh, a few months ago, uh, there was a song, he co-wrote a song that was performed on, by the Alice Cooper. Uh, this song was on an album by Splash and Boots, their children's performers in Canada. They did an album with guest appearances. And one of the songs was called Heart Parade. Alice Cooper sings on it. And that song was co-written by Nick Adams of Splash and Boots and by Paul Bandaloni. And I thought that was such a cool accomplishment. He's, <laughs> he's a, talking about it. <laughs> I'm glad you bring that up because he's just a terrific performer. He really, um, you know, there's a, we get to see a number of one man bands and, and so many different acts that we, we work with in this industry. 
I really like Paul's setup. Um, you know, the way he's got that the massive sound system, but then it's it's covered with the uh kind of the old the facade of the old time radio. He just he's got a fantastic act. Uh Paul, if you're listening to this, call me. I want to get you on the show, man. Let's talk to <laughs> t- let's talk with Paul about what's going on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um now listen, if if a if a friend of yours said, you know, Judy, I don't think I've ever actually been to the Erie County Fair and I want to go, what would you recommend their day look like? Okay, well, I think first of all, I kind of talked to them like, what are you the most interested in doing? Are you interested in seeing like the arts and crafts? Uh, would the animals be the best priority? Things like that. And then I could suggest, okay, you like the animals. Okay, you know, Here's where they have the barns. Uh, if you're interested in something active like a pig race, you know, here are the times of the pig races that you can kind of check those out. Uh, if you're interested in arts and crafts, well, here's the building where you go and be sure to look at this particular feature in this one building. So I would kind of tailor it to what they were most interested in. And then I would probably throw in, oh, Bandaloni's playing, so you shouldn't catch him. I'm going to message him. I'm going to message him and say, Paul, I interviewed Judy. She got a thing for you, buddy. She thinks you're the bee's knees. That's awesome. Yeah, he's terrific. Uh, so in your time going to Erie County, I mean, you there's so much you can get exposed to at a fair like that of that size. You must have developed um, an affinity for some fair food. What's oh yeah. Your, what's your favorite fair foods when you go to the fair? Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to decide. But one of the things I like to get is they have the original hamburger that was invented at the Hamburg Fair. I don't know if you've heard that story. I haven't. What's the story? Okay. Well, a number of a number of cities claim that the uh, hamburger was invented there, but the fact that it's named the hamburger would give us a lot of credibility that this is the story that's true. Uh, the Mencius brothers who had a booth at the fair, they were going to be selling ground pork sandwiches. The butcher didn't have pork, so they got ground beef instead. And it ended up being a big hit and it carried forward as the hamburger. And in, in like just about a hundred year anniversary, someone discovered in the Menchus family discovered the original recipe for these. It has certain oh, wow. spices. I think they have coffee in them. I think they have coffee in them. They have coffee and in their burger? I think so, yeah. My wife would be uh, all about it that. Was to me that. It was explained to me that back like a hundred years ago, coffee was like something they had that, you know, this was part of their thing that they had at their booth because you know, this was, you know, part of the water system. Instead of just using water, they use coffee for things. And there's a, a stand at the, that's at the Erie County Fair now that uses this original recipe. Now, ironically, it's Widener's Chicken Barbecue. <laughs> they sell mostly chicken barbecues, but they have some other items and they do always make these original recipe hamburgers. Okay. So if anyone likes hamburgers at all, I say, you know, go in and do that because they do taste different than your garden variety hamburger. They're very good. So I would definitely go send people there. I would send people to go to Jim's Fries because Jim Staub, who who is Jim of Jim's Fries, 
invented Molly, the ketchup dispensing robot. And she is at <laughs> it's a ketchup dispensing robot. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh there's I need like, to see like this. Where can I see this? Is this I got I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> you keep telling me about it. I'm I gotta look up this ketchup dispensing robot. Keep telling me. Yeah. Uh you know, if you go to my Facebook page and go in the videos, there is a video of, of Molly there. Oh, do you working. have it? I'm going to go look at it right now. Okay. <laughs> we're doing, we're winging this here. What's, what's the, uh, what's the Facebook? You said under the page, is it ultimate fair goer? Ultimate, ultimate fair goer 2018. 2018. And you said there's a video. Yeah. Of... Go in the video sections. There's a video of Molly in there someplace. Videos. Ketchup dispensing. Man, you got some stuff on this page. <laughs> Village of Hamburg, Holiday Lights. Everybody at home is probably... Oh, Molly at the fair. Is that it? Yeah. Okay, let's see what's... Let's. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just perfect. It's dispensing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to share this with the episode. You all got to see this. I know you're listening at home and you're going, what is going on? I can't see right now. But they've got like a little carousel with a cup of ketchup on top of it and this robotic arm. This is insane, Judy. That is insane. That's so cool. Wow. Wow. So that's definitely cool. I'm going to be putting that on the uh, on the episode link for the the robotic ketchup dispensing arm. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I believe there's another video there also if you want to check it. It, it uh, was Molly at the, the Burger Fest. I'll have to look. I'll look at <laughs> yeah. it. It's really cool. If anybody, I'll, I'll put the link in the um, if it's not in the episode description, it'll be on the description on the website on the web page when this launches. Um, it, it basically is this ro very robotic looking arm and there's a little carousel that they have the little typical plastic cup of, on top of it that you fill up with ketchup and it shoots the ketchup in and the arm moves it and hands it out to the guest. That is, that's ridiculously <laughs> cool. I have to go to the fair just to see this thing now. <laughs> that's wild, wild. So you've had some adventures at Erie County. Uh, unfortunately, last year's adventure came up a little short um you know last year COVID hit by the time this episode airs like i said it's february 19th when we're recording this episode's going to air somewhere in the middle of march uh which will be just about one year to the day where all the wheels started to come off the bus um you know COVID shut fairs down all across the country and eventually even the erie county fair had to make a very difficult decision to close how are you feeling as someone who was the ultimate fair goer how are you feeling when that happens I, well, when they first shut down, I, uh, I already, I was thinking, you know, shut down already, you know, because I know this is going to be bad. I know that this is going to be a super spreader. Uh, they shut down just before the St. Patrick's Day parade. And the week before St. Patrick's Day, you know, they asked people voluntarily, don't, you know, don't go to groups. And then there were still reports of people gathering in bars and so on. And so I thought, you know, it's best, you know, shut down and get this thing out of the way. And I was hoping that, you know, like you really had a long shutdown, the things would start moving back open. And so I was kind of relieved when they finally started shutting things down. 
Um, at the time they, they canceled the fair, at first I was relieved because I thought, I don't want to be hanging around with people. <laughs> and yet I don't want to miss the fair. I had kind of figured, okay, I'll go first thing in the morning and get out of there before it gets crowded. By the time August rolled around, they had enough safety protocols in place. I think they could have had a limited fare. Sure. But they didn't know this at the time they had to make the decision and canceled. So, yeah, that's exactly the problem all these fairs faced. You know, Jerry Hammer, who is the uh, fair manager at the Minnesota State Fair, when they finally canceled in his press release in his letter to his public, he said um, he used the analogy of, uh, of an airplane trying to get off a runway and just said, you know, these the bigger airplanes need more runway to get in the air. And that's exactly the parallel to our fairs. If you're a, a small county fair that might be, you know, three or four days, you probably don't need a lot of runway to get going, but something like the Erie County fair, you know, like you said, by, uh, by mid to late July, when there were some, maybe some things in place that would have allowed them to have a fair, it was well past their opportunity to be able to get off the ground. There's just too much planning that goes into an event like that. Too many dollars have to be committed to risk. Um, you know, we spoke with, with Jess Underberg and as heartbreaking as it was for her and for that board, I think they made the right decision. Right. Yeah. So in a way it was a relief because in the early spring, I would have been really concerned about going to an event. Uh, as it turned out, they had things, you know, much better plan managed by the time it actually happened. But so my initial thoughts were, I hate to see this happen, but it's for the best. Yeah. And yeah. Well, we're starting to see some movement with fairs. Um, I know it was sad for all of us in 2020, the movement we're starting to see um, is down South. We're seeing some movement in Florida. We're seeing some of Florida fairs open. I understand that your governor up there in New York just the other day said that, um, I guess there's some sort of protocol they're putting in place to start allowing, the, you know, amusement and theme parks and, yes. um, and events like these to kind of start looking at being able to open. I'm curious what, as a fair guess, what are some of the mitigation strategies and, and safety things you'd like to see in place that would make you comfortable to come back to the fair? Uh, one big thing, and I've never seen anyone talk about this. I've seen a number of the videos of fairs that have opened I've seen the videos Marla Calico has done and, you know, they show like the distancing and they show the hand sanitizers, but no one ever talks about the bathroom protocols. And that's very important. You know, I'd like to know how often are you cleaning the bathrooms? Are you sticking a fan in the window to help with ventilation? You know, are, sure. are things, every other stall blocked off? And nobody ever mentions that. And I think it's important not only to do that, but to tell people about it. Because that would make a difference whether I stayed the whole day or if I was uncertain about the bathroom, I'd go home at noon before I had to use it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. I know. In talking to a lot of fairs, one of the th changes they've made is is you know you've got some a lot of these fairs are in much older facilities. They're old buildings, and um, there's still a lot of touch points in bathrooms, and and they've almost all of them that I've spoken with have upgraded to, to touchless. Um, you know, flush, touchless sinks, touchless, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but if, you know, maybe it's in the messaging, cause I'm sure, uh, sure they're doing things to make sure that airflow is, is, is adequate in, in those rooms. And, but maybe they need to take a thought about their messaging to make sure that the, the guests feel more comfortable with using all the facilities across the, the fairgrounds. Right. Cause th that's one thing I haven't heard anybody talk about, you know, so that's an important thing. And 
and how they're spacing things out. It would be a big plus if they had cashless options that I didn't have to handle money. I've, yeah, a know, lot of them are gone are going yeah. to that. If they haven't, they are um, certainly smaller fares. Uh, may just it may be a fact of life they just don't have the budget to be able to switch to a cashless system. But um, I got to imagine Erie's is on board with that. I can't recall and talking to Jessica if if that was the case or not. Um, but I can't imagine a fair that size does not have cashless options. Um, most of the major fairs, probably the top 25, top 50 fairs in the country are almost all cashless at this point. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing even a push now to um, kind of like the, uh, the magic bands that Disney has, these, these RFID cards where you can put everything you need, your ticket, your, you can put your credit card, everything on it. So you just tap. It's just to tap the card, um, just like, you know, the speed pass or whatever at the, at the gas station to pay for your gas. I I think anything we can do to reduce touch points that, that sure is going to be helpful. And not only to reduce, you know, possible transmission of COVID, but reduce transmission of, of any other illnesses or things. And I mean, we're fairgrounds The one thing that I think the, the governments don't realize, and we've spoken with other fair managers about this. Fairs have been dealing with this pandemic kind of stuff for, for decades. This is COVID's just the next thing. We've dealt with H1N1, we've dealt with, you know, avian flu and swine flu, all that kind of stuff. So mitigation strategies are it's just a question of it's just a matter of scaling it. You know, we we've already have these things in place. We just need more right. of it. So well, I know we're all excited about the prospect of getting back to fairs and, and fairs reopening. You know, God knows as an entertainer, um, I, I, I need that not only for my financial health, but for, uh, for my mental health to be able to get out and entertain and, and see folks again. Um, I'm curious from your part, though, when you go to fairs, we didn't touch on this earlier. Do you ever go out on that? You talk about Jay Straits and, and straight shows and, and watching the train come in. You ever go on any of their rides? Uh, I'm a chicken about height. So I, <laughs> my fair experience is usually, uh, limited to a couple rounds on the carousel. Do you do their double carousel? They're, they're, yes. yes. I love that. I, I told Jay when I had him on the show, um, you know, other than a, a well-lit Ferris wheel, that's got a great light show that's on it. Their double carousel has got to be one of the most magical things I've seen in our industry. It's just, it is so, it, it's designed, it's got that vintage design on it. Uh, it's just, it, to me, it's pure magic. Is that, do you think that's your favorite ride at, at his show? Uh, well, that is, I, I, I would say so. Um, that and the bumper cars are probably about the only things I venture on to now that I'm getting old. <laughs> oh, come on, Judy, you look like a roller coaster fan to me. Uh, uh, I have been on some, I, there used to be a park uh, in Southern Ontario called Crystal Beach that had like the Comet roller coaster that was very famous. Back in the day, I did go on that. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of, you, you've, uh, you've decided your, your roller coaster days are behind you, huh? Uh, if they ever have like a big deal like the Comet, maybe. I know that the steel coasters, I was not super happy about, but I like the wooden coasters that... Yeah, you know, where you really move and, and speed up on those, I like. Yeah, those are those are some classics. We got an amusement park here in Albuquerque that's got a wooden coaster on it called the New Mexico Rattler, and it's when they open it. God, it's probably been fifteen or twenty years since they've had it now. Uh, huge thing for the city. The people loved it because it is such a classic. Again, it's one of those coasters that just it screams like vintage carnival days. 
Oh yeah. I know. I know. Like the comet has a place where you actually, you know, like they have like so many negative G's that you actually start coming wow. up if you're going down. <laughs> That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. And I know that, that J straights, they've got some great rides and uh, they have a really nice show. Um, I've worked with a lot of these people in this industry and uh, from RCS, Hoffer and straights are the three organizations that I think are, are really at the top of their game. But I mean, Degler's Traction's out there, North America. There's just so many great ride operators and great experiences for fair guests like you to have all across the country. Um, speaking of those experiences, do you have a favorite fair memory um, from your time attending Erie County? Okay. Um, it was probably when Nick Walenda walked over our fair. <laughs> I believe that was in 2014. It yeah, I think so. After he had, had walked over Niagara Falls, and I was lucky enough to get one of the passes to see him at Niagara Falls. The uh, geography of the U.S. side of the falls, you had to get a pass because it was very limited how many people they could squeeze in there. Right. And I did manage to get a pass for that. And so I said I was really excited to see him at the Erie County Fair. And so he was going to be walking like seven in the evening. Uh, they had like a parade at the grandstand in the afternoon and then it cleared out and so I went and I sat in the grandstand all afternoon to hold like what I thought was the optimum place to take pictures <laughs> of, of Nick walking over the over the fairgrounds and that was really cool that that was a wonderful experience yeah he's a he's a tremendous uh tremendous guy the whole family they're just wonderful people and boy the some of the stuff they've done I just, I can't even hardly breathe while he's, you know, walking across the Grand Canyon or the Niagara Falls. It's just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and uh, he does it. They're, they're pretty impressive. Uh, listen, assuming Erie County is able to open this season, how many days do you think you're going to attend? I probably will end up going all 12. I may only stay like a couple of days for some of them, but I want to get in there and, and check in at least, you know, for a few hours every day. Well, um, my sense is that by the somewhere around the summer, July, maybe August, uh, things are going to start going in the favor of the events industry. Again, we're going to start getting more and more events open, more COVID safe protocols in place that allow us to open. I think we've got that now. Um, it's just a matter of state and local governments allowing us to do it. Uh, but my gut feeling is it might be pretty crowded at the Erie County Fair because I think people are are kind of desperate to get out and socialize and be normal again. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it will be. I think it will. They will want to come back, and I do hope that all the fairs do something like putting out a survey. I, I saw that the Texas State Fair was doing that, but I haven't yep. seen anyone else. And for, for instance, like when the governor first opened up said arenas could open to limited capacity, but everyone needs to have a test going in. They have to pay for it. I thought I'd be willing to, to pay for a test to go into the fair. Yeah. And I think a lot of other people would too, but I do hope they put out a feeler to get this feedback so they know, okay, people are willing to do this. They're eager to go to the fair, you know, and, and get their opinion like, you know, okay, this is what I need to feel is a good safety measure like that they've spaced out people at the at the dining tables that they've gone cashless things like that yep. I, I do wish the fairs would keep the audience in the loop and ask us you know what's important to us uh if the fair is scaled down 
what the fe what features and attractions are the most important. So if they have to eliminate some of them, they keep the most important things for people. Sure. I know it's a battle where when we've been talking on the show and, and fair managers, I've had private conversations with, it's constant battle because they're, they're having a plan for potentially opening the fair, but they're planning in the, in, from the middle of a pandemic where they just, they don't have the answers. They don't know what it's going to look like. So they plan a track that is, this is what an entirely open fair looks like. This is what a semi-open fair looks like. This is what a, you know, they plan three or four different options it's just so difficult. You know, there's, I wish there was a crystal ball for them because yeah. they they're up against the, um, you know, they're between a rock and a hard place because for some of these fairs, um, especially some of the, some of the major fairs that like in California, for example, we could be seeing closure of some of them, you know, there's, there's a real possibility that some of the biggest fairs in the country don't make it through this just because the amount of overhead and whatnot they have to keep their events running. And if they can't get those non-fair rentals going where, you know, they have a boat show or things like that, boy, their budgets are going to be in trouble. And then that, that spells bad for all of us and from fair guests to entertainers, to concessionaires from talking to Jess though, uh, Underberg there at Erie County, I have great confidence that that fair is going to make it through. They've got great leadership, um, a very strong board that's committed to their community and I am confident, more than confident, that they will be able to produce a very safe event for you guys this summer. I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I mean, how many years straight had you gone to the fair? Well, if you figured from the mid-50s, it would be like 60-plus years. Yeah, and then COVID was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> COVID stopped you dead in your tracks. Yeah. So you're anxious to get back out and have a little fair fun again. I don't blame you. Uh, you know, their fairs are just terrific events. They, they, they are, they bring communities together. They do great for, you know, kids with the livestock shows and we need to get our events industry going. Judy, listen, it's been um, fantastic chatting with you today. I, I appreciate you being on the show. We're just about out of time, but before we go, Everyone who goes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. If you've listened to some of the other podcasts, you know, we do these little questions at the end. So I've got six questions for you here. You give me your best answer for each. Oh, Are you ready? I'm ready. Question one. If money's no issue, where's the first place you would travel when the pandemic ends? Uh, I've been kind of curious to see the Calgary stampede. I'd like to go there. I would dig going to that. Yeah. That that yeah. thing takes down like the whole city. I mean, it's yeah. massive from what I understand. Question two, coffee or tea? Neither. Soft drink. Neither. <laughs> oh, you're a soft drink person. Okay, yeah. perfect. Uh, question three, what's the furthest from home you've ever traveled? Vancouver. Corn dogs or turkey legs? Corn dog. Yep. Favorite book that you've read? Uh, you broke up. Favorite what? <laughs> favorite favorite book that you've read? Uh, and I'm usually more of a periodical person, but a book that I've purchased, I've, I have to start it, but I, I've just purchased it, is Nick Walenda's book about conquering fear. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And sixth question, final question. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play you? Oh, goodness. <laughs> This is the one I that gets people. <laughs> um, well, if for someone who's playing me in the, the current time where I'm older, I think Julie Andrews would be very cool. Oh, for sure. She's amazing. Yeah. 
what a yeah. what a gem she is to the world. Fantastic. Judy, I've really enjoyed having you on the show today. I'm glad you reached out to me because I think um, I, I, our, our fair guests really are part of this and they're going through this with us. And, and I'm glad that you reached out and we could get you on the show. Anything else before we go? Uh, when you do your speed round questions, you've got to add Stargate to the questions. Oh, so not, not just Star Wars, Wars or Star Stargate. Trek. Stargate. You want Stargate. <laughs> Yeah. Were, were you a, because uh, I remember it was a movie and then I think it was a TV show also. Were you a James Spader fan? Because I think he was in Stargate at one point. No, uh, well, that was the movie. I wasn't that, was that the movie. movie, but the TV show, Stargate SG-1, that ran for 10 years. It starred Richard Dean Anderson, who was MacGyver. Oh, that's right. The yeah, guy and, who could disarm uh, a nuclear bomb with bubblegum, that guy. Yeah, and, and uh, the GateCon conventions were the reason I've been to Vancouver a number of times. They've oh, had wow. the the Stargate conventions there. And I did have a chance to meet Richard Dean Anderson. So fantastic. <laughs> well, I will, we will consider adding that as, as the question. We'll consider dropping Stargate in there also. Okay, great. Judy Wilder, ultimate fair goer from 2018 for the Erie County Fair. Judy, thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you. I've, I've had so much fun. <laughs> You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.